You see, Bobby, you finally struck a chord in Brock Lesnar. You see, all last week, I couldn't get Bobby out of my head. I tried to go hunting, and all I could think about is Bobby who? Bobby Lashley! I try to go ice fishing, and all I can think about is Bobby who? Bobby Lashley! I sit down for a big old steak dinner, and all I can think about is Bobby Lashley! I crawl into bed at night with my wife. About four or five hours later, all I can think about is Bobby Lashley. Oh yeah, just can't get you out of my head, <laughs> Joe Aguinaldo. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> well, come on. What a great song. Kylie Minogue, 2001. Dude, this was like clubbing days for me. I love this song. Clubbing me. days for Joe. <laughs> it was it was it was later on in my clubbing career, but it's, it was close enough. So, yeah, man, I remember she was like the hottest thing going to in music for a while. So it's nice to have that little memory. It's weird that it comes from Brock Lesnar, but that's what we do here. On Tuesday morning, cooked. Hello, I'm Mike McGuire. I'm Joe Aguinaldo. And this is your Sunday night's main event weekly review of Monday Night Raw, Tuesday morning, cooked. And like we're trying to make it happen every week, absolutely FRWE free for you during this crazy Patreon preview preview week. Uh, we have 791 new shows on the network. Uh, 793. Oh, sorry. I must have skipped a few. Anyway, it's it's turning out to be a content factory here. So we are content to give you a little bit of Monday Night Raw, a little bit of the wrestle, and a little bit about us. We like to uh, catch up because this is honestly probably the most that Joe and I talk all week. And so you get to hang out for it, I suppose. Or you can skip ahead to about 20 minutes from now and just get to the wrestling. That's up to you. But we appreciate you sticking around. I... I never realized how much I really do appreciate people. Um, well, I guess I did, but that sounds so, <laughs> that sounded kind of pretentious. You know, I never realized how much I appreciate our public, Joseph. It's uh, <laughs> a wonderful place to be. But no, it's when people will actually go through the shows or they'll go through this thing and they'll, they'll like post little factoids or things we've talked about or they'll bring up a, oh, hey, do you remember this sort of thing? And yeah, so... It was, it's kind of neat every time that happens. So by all means, if you want to interact with us, you can on our social media, Facebook, because we're old. That's where we like to get all our comments and reply to. So follow us there or head to uh, our Instagram, our Twitter, uh, our, our tout. Do we tout? Tout. Remember tout? Oh, I didn't know that was a thing still. Remember when WWE bought tout? I don't think it is anymore. But remember okay. when WWE bought tout and they were like, you got to tout everything. And nobody did because nobody cared. And then tout was no longer a thing <laughs> now, speaking of social medias i was actually on our uh i was i was doing the twitter stuff today yeah yeah i was you know how hard it is to take notes do the facebook page and twitter at the same time i don't <laughs> know why you try 
I don't I, know why you try. I, I look. I don't even take the notes anymore. You're taking the most of the notes here, but I still just focus on the show. Because, <laughs> and I, I'm like, why are you doing three things? I mean, good on you for talking to the folks, but but like work on the show too, man. Like, and not not saying that you need to. I'm saying like. Let your brain have a break, Joe. Oh, no, it's all good. I, you know what? I actually, to be honest with you, I prefer the Twitter thing. I think that's just more fun. So, yeah, like, that's fair. That's fair. No, I did see but, a few but of your we, tweets But we, we do have a good like group of people that are oh, you yeah. know, consistently on the Facebook page, too. So, um, But yeah, it was the tonight show especially was hard with all the stuff that was going on. Well, my goodness. If WWE never won an Emmy before... This would be the year they should. I know that uh, Michael Cole was on Pat McAfee's show this past week, and he said that the Bloodline storyline is Emmy-worthy. And I'd almost agree with that, considering what wins Emmys these days. But honestly, this this Cody thing... Oh, dude. We said it has to matter more than it did a week ago, and they make it matter, so... Well, I know we're going to get to it, but that Mm -hmm. promo was... That was just amazing. Yes, and it will be acted out entirely by Joe Aguinaldo in the coming review. But (laughs) Joe... Maybe not entirely. Nope. Word for word, (laughs) voice for voice. Even the small things that were heckled out by the crowd, Joe is going to give them all to you in this review. Or your money back. (laughs) It's a free week, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, let's uh let's let's catch up though, man. How was your week? What's going on in Joe's world? Um, so I worked on Saturday. Don't normally do that, but I had to go in so two days ago. Why? And we're doing like a massive cleanup in our office because it's just been crazy with equipment lying all over the place. So okay. I think I, I moved me personally moved. 267 computers by myself out of a storage room. The most amazing thing about this, folks, is you know, Joe likes to work out a lot. He did it all at once. (laughs) Just one Uh, big pallet strapped to his back. So, well, actually, so with that in mind, there were a couple of like these big ass, um, like, scanner printer type things that are like 70 pounds each and they're yeah. you know they're, they're not they're not balanced so the weight distribution's all messed up did they still have paper in the trays no they thankfully they did not okay because that that's always the worst when you find out there's still like 20 pounds yeah. of paper in there and you could have taken it out but yeah but uh yeah i think i wrecked my back on the printers <laughs> oh god okay yeah. you're all right though yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just sore. And then because I worked out yesterday too. So, you know, there's that as well. Because, you know, you telling this to me now could trigger a workman's comp claim. <laughs> like, are you sure you're okay, Joe? Um, I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Not, a little, not a little twitchy or twingy at all? Well, usually it's the day after the day after. So ask me this tomorrow and I'll, I might have a better answer. We're not doing a show tomorrow. I will not talk to you again until <laughs> next week. <laughs> it's in the contract, Joe. <laughs> Mike does not have to speak to Joe Aguinaldo more than once a week. As if that's a thing. It should be the other way around. <laughs> totally be the other way around. But uh Yeah, I I honestly had a pretty slow week other than work. It's nothing nothing to write home about. Oh, although although Logan mm-hmm. McQuaid apparently has like sales coming up. 
So who knows? I still might buy that drum set. <laughs> you know, this is this is becoming you and that drum set like me and the original pink and black attack Bret Hart figure where I'm like every year I'm like, okay, I'm going to make the big boy purchase. I'm going to drop the money. I'm finally getting my hands on one of these figures I've wanted for ever. And, and then I don't, and then I don't, and then I don't, but yeah, good, good luck to you, Joe. And I don't believe in luck, but good luck to you. I hope that this sale brings you what you've been looking for, even though you already have a drum kit. Will you sell the other drum kit if you get this new one? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Or, or like give it away or whatever. Is, is it giveawayable or is there still some cash in it, you think? This, it depends. Like if it, like, okay, if you asked me for it, I would probably give it to you. But Oh, that would be you know, wasted on me. That I'm just, I'm just saying. How like, well does it hang laundry? Because that's what uh, it would be used for in my house. You know, because it is actually a, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six. It's a six piece with like hardware, yeah. you can hang a shitload of laundry on that. Thing. Yeah, you got all the little nubbies and the little dials. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Like it's either gonna be that, <laughs> or I'm gonna get a multi effects pedal for my my, my bass guitar. It's one of the two. I got. Oh, I so gotta... you do? Okay, all right. Well, I guess we'll find out when next week. Joe's all. That's my that's my bass guitar impression. Uh, what was it? Def Leppard, work it out. Do you remember that song? No, not that one specifically. If I remember to, I'll add it to the end of this show. Cause, All uh, right. It's got I, still, a... I, I still can't get Kylie Minogue out of my head. Yeah, well, you, can you? I, I still can't get Bobby Lashley out of my head. <laughs> Bobby who? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bobby Lashley. Uh, you know what? I am, I don't know how many kilometers, but I, I'm not far from where the Brock Lesnar family farm is right now. Oh, well, I'm, that's cool. I'm back in Wellwyn, visiting uh, the fam here. Nice. And yeah, I'm like literally miles, like just a few miles away. Hold on. I'll, I'll do it now because there's nothing better than when the host of a show does his own research while he's doing the show. <laughs> but uh, it's like, hold on. Wellwyn to Maryville is... Oh, that's North Dakota. There's got to be one closer. Anyway, it's not far as the point. And well, maybe it is Maryville. It wouldn't be North Dakota, though. He's in Saskatchewan. Anyway, he's not far from here is the point. Like within spitting distance. Sorry, where did you say it was? Well, Maryville, North Dakota comes up. No, try Maryfield. Maryfield, that's it. That's it. Hold on, Maryfield. It's close enough. <laughs> Jesus, I live here and I don't even know. <laughs> Forty-six minute drive, less Dude, than an hour. You should go visit. Not yeah. really. <laughs> I should just go stand at the driveway, wait for him to come out, and as he starts monstering towards me, I'll just go. Well, here comes the pain. <laughs> <laughs> as he jumps all over. <laughs> I don't know that he would. I think I'd, I think I would get a uh, phony Southern accent, Brock, like we got tonight on Raw. I if he's in I, full farm mode, you know. Ooh, yeah, that's a guy I wouldn't want to mess around with. At all. I don't know where that accent's from because it's not from Southern Saskatchewan. No, no. And and last time I checked, Brock didn't move to Texas, did he? No, wasn't he born in like Minnesota or something? Like that? Well, he wasn't born there, but he was like he definitely spent a lot of his time there. 
Yeah. Oh, now we got to look up other things here. Where was Brock Lesnar born? In a lab. Just kidding. Uh, Webster, no, South I... Dakota. <laughs> Webster, South Dakota. In a lab. <laughs> in a lab in Webster, South Dakota. Oof. Where to this day they continue to produce superhumans. <laughs> anyway, I'm here. Um, I'm. I'm I'm moving again. Last week, we kind of hinted to it. This week, for the first time, I'm going to make it official right now, Mr. Aguinaldo. I'm headed back to Alberta. Ooh. Saskatchewan, no longer. Wow. Yep. It's time. It's time. There's been some things that have been happening. Uh, (laughs) Just to allay any hints or rumors or anything... There's no plan. It's just, I realized in the last few weeks that that's where home is for me right now. Will it be in a couple of years? I don't know. But even going back there, I went back last week and I talked to some people. I saw some friends. I did some things and I was like, I haven't been able to do any of this. In nine years, consistently. You know what I mean? Right. I've lived in Saskatchewan for nine years now. It's time to go home. So I'm going home. So all my stuff is is moved out of where I was living. Uh, I've got a bunch of stuff in storage that's going to be hauled around and everything else. But uh, yeah, that's it, man. For the... Third time since I started doing this show. <laughs> Oof. Just over a year ago. McGuire's on the move. This is a this is a very wrestling lifestyle that you're leading right now. Dude, this isn't even pro- well, I guess maybe like old territory days. Old territory like, you know, days, yeah. He's in one place, right? He's in, he's in uh the exhibition neighborhood of Saskatoon, then he moved out to the west side, and now he's in Welland and uh- uh, no. Although all, all joking aside, I am actually very excited for you. I got, I, got, I am I got, too. I got a good feeling about this pro. So do I. I'm very excited for it for a number of reasons. Uh, I'm going to be starting back in Edmonton. Um, again, doing what? I have no idea. <laughs> but I'll still be doing this. That's one thing for sure. But I'm going to basically kind of see where life drops me. And I'm fortunate enough, and I'm not saying this is a knock to anybody that has a family and kids, because that is my goal. I'd like to have a a regular sit-down life here. But I'm in this position where I can do anything. This is what we talked about when I was doing the road trip. I can go anywhere. I can do anything I want. So why not do it around people I like and people that like me? Hell yeah. And this also gets me a little closer to Dungeon Wrestling, which I will be at on February the 17th in Calgary. Nice. Where they're likely also opening the Hitman's Bar. Right next oh, door right. at the casino. So I'm going to tie one on with the excellence of execution. I don't think he's a big drinker anymore. And I know I'm not. So we'll probably, you know, have Diet Cokes and be on our way. But still, <laughs> it'll be a good time. Yeah, man. So that's uh, that's my big news, I guess. Is once again, all my wrestling memorabilia is remaining in boxes. And I won't see it again for a couple months. Eh, it's fine it's fine it's all right i worry that i get too comfortable to not having anything and then i'm like oh i got all this stuff what am i gonna do with all this stuff but anyway 
Oh, this is interesting. You know those glass cabinets I had my action figures in? Yeah. They're called a Detolfs. They're Ikea cabinets. They're called the Detolf. And I was going to sell mine and then just buy new ones when I got settled wherever I was going to be, right? No, no, no. For the first time ever, Ikea has announced that they are discontinuing the Detolf glass cabinets. Those bastards. Right? <laughs> How could they do this to me? Actually, that you know what? That does suck, because if you find something you really like, and they're like, nope, not anymore, denied. I'm like, come on, really? <laughs> when I started running, Asics made these incredible running socks. And I bought six pairs of them, and I wore them to the ground, like just to threads, right? And then they stopped making them. And I have yet to find a pair of socks I enjoy as much as I enjoyed those. Wow. I still have I still have like one pair left of a left right. and right because when you buy these socks they're they're padded to your left and right foot. So I know it sounds stupid, but it makes sense. I still have one pair left that's made out of a hybrid of two pairs, and there's like probably twenty holes between the two socks, but I don't care. I'm like, I just can't let this last pair go. I can't. I'll never see them again. So that sounds like a that sounds like a pair of docks that I didn't buy when I was fourteen and I regret not buying them. Socks to be us. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, I might be joining a band. What? Yeah. Yeah. A buddy of mine, uh, he um, posted some stuff on Facebook. I used, I used to work with him years ago. And um, he's just getting off like a massive injury. So he, he's starting to get back into playing drums. And he just put out kind of an open post of like, hey, you know, just for fun, here's a bunch of songs that we do. So I messaged him last week and he's like, hey, you know, are you interested in jamming? I'm like, hell yeah. So, we'll so wait a minute. He's the drummer in a band. Yeah. And you're sitting here telling me you might buy a drum kit, but it might be joining the band. Dude, buy the bass pedal. <laughs> <laughs> be gone with the drums. He's got a drummer. If worse comes to worse, you can borrow his, I'm sure. No, no. And that's the thing. Like the, the cool part about this band, all joking aside, is that like I wouldn't just be playing bass. He's like, yeah, you can play drums for this song. I'll play bass for that song. You play guitar. You can sing whatever. Are you going to so, Phil Collins it and do the drums and the singer at the same time? I have done that. And it's very hard. Um, well, yeah, that's why Phil Collins is one of the only brave fools out there that'll do it on a regular basis. Like, I, I, I used, I used to. Do, I remember one time we were jamming at the, at the Hard Rock Cafe. You remember the Hard Rock Cafe, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we were jamming to uh, the Police, and I just happened to be playing drums. And the the singer that normally would sing the Police tunes is like he wasn't there. So they're like, Joe, do you know the words to the song? I'm like, Yeah, I, I can sing the song. Thing is, I know the words. I know the drums. I don't know how to do them at the same time because I've never practiced that. <laughs> so like the trick to any, you know, singing slash playing an instrument is you got to forget one in order to sing. Right. Right. So again, I knew the drums well if I was only playing the drums and I could sing the song well if I was only singing. But together, not so much. Well, Joe, I guess that's where you just got to prioritize. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Well, before we get going here again, a reminder, uh, tons of podcasts coming for you for free this week on the regular SNME Radio Podbean feed. But if you also head to uh, patreon.com slash SNME Radio, you'll get all the content every week for as little as a buck a week. And it helps us uh, 
keep the lights on or it helps me keep moving to different homes every three months or (laughs) whatever. But in all seriousness, we do appreciate you being here. Did you get to listen to uh, James Petrogallo yet on on this last week's flagship show? I did. Yes. And that that was very good. So the guy that we've ripped off, let's go on a trip from was on Sunday night's main event with me last weekend. And I've gone back and listened to that interview twice only because it is so weird to me to hear my voice coming in with James's voice because I've listened to him and Jimmy, his, his tag team partner, do their shows for the last like six years. Wow. And so I like and, and he sounds exactly like he sounds on his pods because he used his studio mic and I used my stuff. And, right. and so it's just so weird hearing him be him. But it's me he's talking to, and I'm like, I totally forgot half of it because I remember just thinking the whole time, like I, I was almost fanboying out of it. But he was super cool. So no, dude, it was. A, it, they, in fact, I started listening to his podcast because of your recommendation. So, um, you know, right now I'm listening to it was um one that was the beginning of Jan Ty Cobb because I've, yeah. I've always been interested in Ty Cobb. Just fascinating. What stuff. a mess. Man, eh? <laughs> well, the thing is, the other thing that I'm really impressed with is the, the dude does his research like he's That's just like, it. I, I don't know when he has time to do anything. Yeah. I mean, that was a three hour podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like a long. They all are. <laughs> Every week. Like, I don't know how they do this. Like, because you've listened to the show now. Jimmy's kind of the me in this situation where you take all the notes. I do all the reacting. <laughs> but, but it's like this incredible relationship and and as james said in the interview like you know he's one of those guys he needs to know everything he needs to have it all in there and so the devil's in the details that's what i appreciate most about those shows so we're not doing a three-hour podcast well i guess we aren't so we should probably get going and talk about what we're supposed to talk about here joe do you want to go on a trip hang on yeah let's go on a trip <laughs> like, hang on for what, Joe? We are headed to Orlando, Florida, as you would hear over and over again. The home of NXT, the home of WWE Developmental, where most of the superstars' rivalries and friendships began. And we're in the same city for Monday Night Raw at the Amway Center. The numbers, according to Twitter.com slash WrestleTicks, say the setup was 9,916. Uh, they had distributed 9,662 tickets. That looked a lot more than 10,000 people to me. But when I looked at the layout of the building, they have um, some very interesting suite locations. And the way they've leveled them out, I think, just makes it look better. Like, it was really well done, I thought. Just with the, um, the the way the founders' suites and the president's suites were laid out, right. so that that building looked huge. Like it looked huge and packed, and it looks great. If I'm just flipping through the channels, I'll be like, "How's wrestling doing these days?" And I saw those shots, I'm like, "Oh, maybe I'll stick around and watch this." So there you go. We are in Orlando. It's Monday Night Raw. Joe, let's start the show. All right. So we've got Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves introing the show right away. Excuse me. They they uh, mentioned that Becky Lynch versus Bailey in a steel cage is happening tonight, and then we hear you think you know me, um, and out comes the grit couple Edge and Beth Phoenix, and oh my God, was Beth looking huge, like jacked? jacked. Yeah, big. Yeah, 
And I mean that in the best way possible, by the way. Her arms um, look like my thighs. seriously dude like Like she took my legs and put them on her shoulders and just called them arms for the night (laughs) um edge comes down to the ring he is in full babyface mode like interacting with the crowd uh as they're coming to the ring they do a recap of the i quit match between edge and finn balor back from extreme rules last year i forgot that's how long ago that was that was a while back um, and then they show Edge eliminating the Judgment Day uh, from Royal Rumble this year. All right. So Edge gets in the ring with a mic. He says, it's good to be back. And there's one reason why we're here. It's the Judgment Day. He says that the Judgment Day is his fault. It was an idea to elevate talent that he thought deserved it. And he says it worked. He puts over most of the members of Judgment Day. He says that Finn is operating at a higher level. He says that Priest can go up against anybody. Rhea is challenging Charlotte. And there's Dom. Um, <laughs> he says that at Extreme Rules, he knew that Finn could not hurt him enough to say I quit. But when he saw Rhea bash Beth with the brass knuckles, he knew what was going to happen. And he was helpless to stop it. And he's not used to being helpless. So he looks in the camera. He says, so congratulations, Judgment Day. Here's your golf clap. Yes, very nice. Very nice. A lot of uh, 90s references and early <laughs> yeah. 2000s references in this promo. Um, he says that you made a bad problem even worse because I'm cruel. I'm a cruel, vindictive, sick bastard who will sink to any level to get my pound of flesh. Beth jumps in. She says, I'm going to cut to the chase. If you've got the stones and as she's talking, out comes Judgment Day. <laughs> Actually, they skipped the odds tonight. They just went yeah, right to they the. Just, they just came right out with it because I was yeah. I was like, oh, is that Rhea? And then yeah. it, it wasn't. So, um, ladies Dom, and gentlemen, I apologize for the excessive wah wahing because apparently <laughs> it didn't happen tonight. Please continue. Uh, Dom, Finn, and uh, Damian Priest come out. Now, all three of them have lines in their promos, but really the gist of the promo is how every time Edge and Beth come back to WWE, the Judgment Day beat them down. Um, at one point, Dom's saying something, and Edge says, Dom, shut up. She may, he makes he makes fun of Finn, calling Finn a dollar store Jamiroquai, which I appreciated. Uh, and then he <laughs> then he says that they would each drop each other as fast as Dom dropped his drawers in the clink. Fantastic! <laughs> a little dated on the drop in the drawers in the clink thing, but I will say the Jamiroquai reference, like <laughs> tremendous. The, the fact that he says "Google it, kids." <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, Uh, because it was a virtual insanity after all (laughs) but please joe take us deeper underground into this (laughs) promo okay so beth says that she speared Rhea's soul out of her body which is why Rhea is not there uh and she says how about edge and beth phoenix versus finn and Rhea ripley at elimination chamber Um, Finn accepts the challenge. He says, Finn is in. And I forgot what he said about Rhea, but he said, Finn is in. Um, and he says, but that's if you both make it to the elimination chamber, uh, judgment day come down, they surround the ring and they go to attack edge. Um, and suddenly out comes Dawkins who has later on a match with priest. He and edge clear out Finn and priest from the ring. And then Ford comes down the ramp and scares Dom into the ring. (laughs) And he gets the Glamazon slam by Beth, and we go to break. Oh, God bless Dom. 
<laughs> and that was a long ass. That was a long ass segment. <laughs> wow. Good thing it was the only long talky segment of the night. Oh, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Let's let's jump through these matches, though, because okay. honestly, we can do that. And then. Get yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Segment two, back from break. It's Priest versus Dawkins. It's a qualifier for the Elimination Chamber match. Um, they show what happened during the break with Adam Pierce kicking everybody out from ringside. Um, Dawkins gets an early advantage, l- launching Priest over the announce table. Um, they get back in the ring. Priest gets a broken arrow for a two count. Dawkins sends Priest back outside the ring, but Priest gets the advantage back, hitting Dawkins uh, with a kick off the ring steps as we go to break. Segment three, back from break. Dawkins is on offense. He hits an exploder for two, but Priest counters with an elevated flatliner for two. But eventually, Priest gets the south of heaven for the pin and the win. Ta-da! No, nicely done. Uh, Makes sense. I I didn't see it going any other way, to be honest. Actually, you know what? Damien Priest, man, I got to tell you, I'm turning the corner on this guy. He definitely is... They like they've put him in some good spots, but he's. I think he's bringing it. I like Damian Priest. He he was bringing it before, and then things got a little weird with the whole split personality thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, because yeah. one side of him is Damian, and the other side is the priest. Anyway, they uh, yeah, they're starting to rehab him. I think he, the only thing holding him back any further is they've really got started letting him loose off of the scripts. They got to yes. start giving him his stuff point form because he's got that voice. He's got the presence. He's got everything. But when it sounds like I'm very much reciting a line. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's yeah. where it's got to. That's where it's got to change. But yeah, I mean, this makes perfect sense. So, okay. Let's continue. Uh, they show an earlier today clip with Austin Theory rolling up in a Lamborghini. And then up <laughs> up next, they're going to show a recap of what happened on Smack on the past Smackdown as we go to break. All right, segment four, back from break. Adam Pierce is in the back with uh, Maximal Models as they have signed with Raw. Cannot tell you how excited I am by this. Um, Wait, Chelsea- are you being sarcastic? No, I am. Okay, good. <laughs> I love this. I love this gimmick. Take good. that, Greg Feltham, you bastard. Um- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. It's a, Greg, it's a Greg, if you're listening, I want you to remember that even the time you thought that I was mad at you, and I actually wasn't. Joe just called you a bastard. <laughs> this Joe, Joe Aguinaldo. Okay, me, I like the Smack Daddies just fine. Joe apparently <laughs> questions the parentage of one of you. Please continue. <laughs> All right, so Chelsea Green comes in. She interrupts uh, to complain about uh, the chocolates because apparently they were Belgium, not Swiss. Um, and she says that the fact uh, she's not in the like elimination chamber match, but Liv, Raquel, and Nikki are, and she says she can beat them all. Adam says, "Well, you couldn't last five seconds in the rumble." And Chelsea goes, "I'm asking for an opportunity. I deserve a match. Deserve to be presented like a big star, and I expect you'll make this right. Or one call, and I can cost you your job." <laughs> um, man, I, I hate this character, but in the right way. <laughs> like she's Good. doing this really well. Good. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the want to talk to the man. You know, the only thing, and I'm glad they didn't make her do it. But the only thing this is missing is that pixie haircut. Oh, God, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still, she's doing a really good job here. So, okay. 
Uh, next up, they do a recap of the Bloodline storyline from last Friday where Sammy challenged Roman uh, and they got beat down by the Bloodline. Um, what did you think of that, by the way? Did you, did you get a chance to see it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched the whole thing. It was, uh, you know, it's it's so strange because I see WWE now even trying to put Sammy in that spot, trying to make him like a big, big deal. And they did it again later on tonight. But I think it was Sam Roberts on his show. Somebody anyway was saying that that some of Roman's best work is the stuff that's not on microphone. That's only picked up by the cameras, you know, and that to me is probably some of the best stuff is when you just see him like talking, you know, like, you know, they want Jay, but they can't have Jay because you ruined the family. Oh yeah. You yeah. broke the family, you know? And, and so, yeah, I, I kind of don't want it to end, but I know it has to. So yeah. It was well done. I was, I was, I, I, I had a good time watching that. So, um, all right. What's up next? They announced the Usos versus Braun Strowman and Ricochet this Friday on SmackDown. Then we see Baron Corbin coming to the ring with JBL as we have Baron Corbin versus Dexter Loomis coming up next. <laughs> all right. That, I wonder if he's break. bringing his axe with him or not. Hatchet. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you for remembering. Actually, Corey Grave remembered too. Good. <laughs> so, there you go. Good. All right. Segment five, back for break. Dexter Loomis comes out with Johnny Gargano. Uh, Corbin goes after Dexter before the bell rings, get an early upper hand. And Graves at this point, actually, I paid attention to this more than anything. Graves is ranting about like about Dexter using the hatchet and how he almost got hurt and he's got a family, blah, blah, blah. It was really entertaining, he, though. He almost <laughs> turned Dexter heel, though. Like, I thought it was almost too much. Almost, yeah. Like, it was almost like, you know, when you start making too much sense about the hatchet-wielding yes. maniac. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, he's our baby face. Stop. Especially when, when Kai, the hatchet-wielding uh, whatever it was. Have you seen that documentary on Netflix or heard the story about it? The hatchet-wielding hitchhiker. Oh, yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 he's nuts, and he's originally from Edmonton, where I'm moving back to. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. All right. So, okay, this is a weird match. So, Corbin got, like, one pin attempt after a whip into the turnbuckle, but Dexter goes on offense pretty much right after that, and he hits, like, and I don't know what it's called. I just call it kind of like a side slam Uranagi thing, and he got the pin and the win real quick, and I was like, What? Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, probably had to cut time from the monstrously long opening promo segment. Or the upcoming monstrously long promo segment. Well, you don't cut the future, but continue. Okay, fair enough. All right. So uh, next up, they show a recap of Damage Control beating beating down Becky from Raw 30, and then Becky challenging Bailey last, from last week. Byron Saxton is in the back, and he introduces the man, Becky Lynch, and asks her what her or what tonight means to her. Becky says that Orlando, Florida is where it all began 10 years ago. Uh, she says that 10 years ago, she met Bailey, who seemed sweet and kind and wanted to be great. And the way to be great was high-fiving people and hugging people and attaching herself to whoever she thought would be her meal ticket to the top. Uh, Becky says that she wanted to be great, but her way was smashing faces, kicking down doors, and changing the game so she could become the man. Bailey wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. Realize I love me the Becky Lynch. 
But she started out as an Irish jig dancer in NXT. So I, I just got to throw a flag on that right there. I got to <laughs> call a small penalty on this. Becky, let's not forget the jigs. Okay. <laughs> River dance Lynch. Oh, God. All right. All Fair right. enough. Um, she says that Bailey didn't like that. So she attacked me with chairs and separated my shoulders. And she brought my family into this. And I'm going to learn you to not talk about my family. And yes, she did say that. Um, she says, tonight I got what I, I want. Bailey, bring your little friends and tricks. But there is one hand I haven't played yet. And tonight might be the night. Um, they have up the cage match. That's going to be our main event. Next up, we see a recap of Lashley eliminating Brock Lesnar. And Brock is coming up next as we go to break. Yeah, that was a, a pretty amazing flashback, too. I love that Royal Rumble flashback where you just see Lesnar's face when he gets out there. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like if he was playing the Chelsea Green character. You know, he'd be like, but, 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 but I'm Brock Lesnar. I'm Brock <laughs> I'm who's running this show. <laughs> I'm going to call your manager. Um, all right. So I'm going to eat your manager. Oh God. <laughs> I'm going to shoot him. Um, Jeez, Joe first felt him now gun violence. <laughs> what is wrong with you tonight? It's been a rough week. All right. So well, cause he lifted that 250 computers over your head. 200 and whatever. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Segment six, <laughs> back from break. They show the Triple H Ric Flair skit from the last WrestleMania Hollywood. I love that skit, by the way. Okay. They keep showing those off, and they were good. But why are they not making new ones with the current stars? I was going to ask that same question of you. I have an answer for you. All right. Name me any memorable movie from the last... 15 years that stood out so much that they could actually do that with any of their current day talents. Shoot. The first like two movies I thought of were like 20 years old. at least. Mm -hmm. This is what I mean. You know, unless they're going to paint them blue and do avatar. Oh, no, thanks. Which don't get me wrong. I think Miz as an avatar <laughs> creature would be hilarious. <laughs> Or, uh, I don't know, what else is another movie that everybody had to go and see? You know, you could do the, the Star Wars things, but they'd have to pay Disney. Yeah, so but the Star Wars, but, but you're saying, like, memorable. Right? That's what I mean. Like, there hasn't been that many iconic, holy cow, everybody has to see this movie movies. I can't right? think of one. There you I go. Think, I can't think of one. So those of you that comment on these, comment in the, in the uh, box underneath the post for this at our SNME Radio Facebook page. What are some movies that you would like to see parodied by WWE superstars and who would be in the parody trailer? All right. There's your homework for the night. That's it. Matt, thank you in advance. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, where are we at here? Okay, so out comes Brock Lesnar. Uh, he comes out to the ring with, I would say, probably, if not the biggest pop of the night, one of the biggest pops of the night. Um, and uh, he gets on the mic. He says, good evening, Orlando. Did y'all get a chance to see the Royal Rumble? Because I thought it sucked. Did y'all get a chance to watch the Royal Rumble? like jeff foxworthy out there with a mohawk and a beard <laughs> like <laughs> and i'm not even gonna 
attempt to do his accent. So, like, how y'all yeah. doing, Orlando? You might be a redneck if. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a wrestling match and you flip the ring using a tractor, you might be a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> all right where are we at here okay see so he says brock lesnar got his ass thrown over the top rope by bobby who bobby lashley he says that he had to get his head together and that bobby you finally struck a chord with brock lesnar by the way i only realized during this promo that brock and bobby have the same initials it freaked me out i don't know why <laughs> okay you, you know what the saddest thing is what's that a bunch of people listening to this, and I just noticed the same thing after you said it. <laughs> oh, my God. He's right. <laughs> All right. So uh, where Brock says, all last week, I couldn't get Bobby out of my head. I tried to go hunting. I tried to go ice fishing. And nah, all nah, I can nah. think of was. Nah, 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 nah. Keep going. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. All I could think was Bobby who? Nah, nah, Bobby Lashley. Nah, nah, nah. Um, he says, I, cr- I crawled into bed with my wife. <laughs> and about four or five hours later, all I can think about is Bobby Lashley. I love that one. Wow. Good for you, Rena. <laughs> What am I going to do with Bobby Lashley? Well, I came up with a resolution, but it's a violent one. Uh, Bobby says that he has a or Bobby Brock says that he has a multi-million dollar contract, which states states Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar at Elimination Chamber. And Bobby, if you got a set of balls, get your ass down here and sign this contract. The multi-million dollar contract was in his, as he said, five dollar denim jacket, which yes. makes me howl at the thought. Of Brock getting into his truck, going to Regina to the Goodwill store or the Value Village. <laughs> oh, God. Going, yeah, I can cut the sleeves off of this one. <laughs> I'll wear this to Raw. <laughs> and, and no one's going to give him a hard time for it either. Not a thing. You know what? It could have been one of those ones from the 90s with like Mickey Mouse in the back. You remember? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Embroider Mickey Mouse on everything. <laughs> Be like, yes, sir, Mr. Lesnar, you're still intimidating as all hell. <laughs> Thank y'all very much. I'm going to take my $5 jacket now to Raw. With my multi-million dollar y'all. contract. All right. Uh, <laughs> so next up, we hear Bobby Lashley's theme music. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, that's enough. All right, cool. Uh, he gets in the ring. He says, uh, hey, I didn't know you're going to be here, but let's take a walk down memory lane. He said that in match number one, I pinned you in match number two. You won, but I laid your ass unconscious in the ring. And on our third meeting at the Royal Rumble, I threw your ass over the top rope without any problem. Uh, he says that things are going to be done under my terms. I'm going to take this contract. I'm going to let my agent, my manager and my lawyer look at it and we'll get back to you. Okay. Fiduciarily speaking here, Bobby, that's three people doing one person's job. Maybe two. Okay? Your agent and your manager, you need to find somebody that'll consolidate that role for you and pay them one salary. I'm just trying to help out. It's good financial sense. Oh, and they didn't you have one of those before? <laughs> Wait a minute, oh, I, know. Think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. I know. 
and my THB pendant is packed away with everything else right now, so I can't oh, even remember that. All right. I know! <laughs> All right, so he gets right into Brock's face and actually pokes him right in the nose, and he says, hey, are you surprised that Bobby Who has one up on you? Then he... Okay, rest, I know it's wrestling logic, but he turns his back, and Brock grabs him, gives him an F5. Brock puts the contract on Bobby, crowd chants one more time, so he gives him another F5. And I'm like, why would you turn your back on Brock Lesnar? Can I peel the curtain back even more on this? Sure. And those of you listening with small children that still believe in the F5, uh, you may wish to pause this segment. The most impressive part of this F5 wasn't the spin around, wasn't the lift, wasn't the front bump that Bobby took during the F5. It was, in fact, Bobby managing to very carefully remove his very expensive sunglasses from his face mid-twist of the F5 (laughs) and have them land gently next to him while he took that front bump. Go back and watch it. Go back and watch it. You will see Bobby's wearing the shades until he gets onto Brock's shoulders. And then as they're going down, he takes off the glasses and makes sure they land gently. As he's taken the bump from the F5. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to tell you about the uh, magic of the F5, but Bobby Lashley clearly is trying to make some financial decisions that are in the uh, positive here because he didn't want to ruin a very expensive pair of sunglasses. Okay, now I got to see this again. My mind is blown. See? I told you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, F5, F5. Then we go to the back. And Candice LeRae is, I guess, prepping for her match and Johnny Gargano sees her. And, she, and you know, basically they're saying, hey, you'll be okay, you'll be okay. And apparently Dexter has drawn a picture of the Gargano family <laughs> with Nikki Cross in it. Why not? Sure. And then they, uh, then they go to the ringside and out comes Carmella as she is part of the Fatal 4-Way for the uh, Elimination Chamber qualifier match as we go to break. Which also explained why her husband, Corey Graves, was wearing the jacket he wore tonight. Clearly, it was a welcome back to work, dear jacket. I'm going to wear a jacket made out of your old gear. Yes. <laughs> yes. He was very, very leopard print tonight. Maybe a little bit. Okay. Cheetah, is it, was it cheetah or leopard? I can never remember. Actually, hang on. No, it was, I, think cheetah. I think it was cheetah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, segment seven, seven, ah, segment seven, back from break. Piper Niven comes out, and Mia Yim and Candice LeRae are already in the ring. Um, okay, I'm not blow by blow on this match because there's there's a lot of stuff going on. But I say we just skip to the the finish yeah, on this. Yeah. Honestly, I, I I will say though, that I I like before we get started that I thought this match was somewhat of a showcase for Piper because she got a lot of stuff in this match. Oh yeah, um, huge mention, rehab for her. Yeah, not to mention like a huge flying body press on all three of the the women to get like to get a pin on them. Like that was amazing. But uh, yeah, bottom line is so this was a two segment match. uh, So it went into segment eight. The ending of the match saw uh, Mela get a I think it was a Bronco Buster on Candice, and then Piper hit Candice with a cannonball. But then Mela kicked Piper out of the ring, and Carmella got the pin to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. There it is. It is. There but it is. Piper but Piper did look really good in this match. I'm, oh yeah. I'm, I'm glad she got like the lion's share of the offense. No, it was great. Okay, backstage, Corbin is with JBL, and Corbin's like, Hey, where are we gonna go eat tonight? And then JBL says, There is no we. 
I headline WrestleMania. I was must much must watch television. You are channel changing television. The sound that you hear when you get in the ring are remote controls changing the channel to watch anything but you. <laughs> Ooh, stiff. Love it, but stiff. <laughs> he says, I don't give a damn about you. My Hall of Fame legacy has lost all credibility because of you. You're a clown. You do not belong near me. And then Baron's like, wait, I'll do better. I'll do better. I can get better. And JBL says, you can't polish a turd. I tried. And <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot. I forgot to mention in the background. If you look, you could see MVP talking with Cedric and Shelton. Well, that makes all the sense in the world when you see what happens later. Yes. Yes. But I'm curious to see if this is really into JBL. I'm wondering I, if this becomes one of those, like, you know, motivate to make you better sort of moments, or are they just realizing that that bum ass Corbin is more fun than this is? I, I'm, I'm going to go with the latter because JBL is a heel. <laughs> He's not supposed to be like this. So Baron's latest action figure came out, the happy Corbin, and it comes with two different interchangeable heads. One, one is Happy Corbin, smiling, looking the way he looks. The other is bum-ass Corbin oh. with the you know 20-day growth of the receding hairline, the bad beard, and he comes with a shirt with a giant mustard stain on it. I was like, this is a must-have in my collection. <laughs> it's going to be a must-have item. In fact, I might have to buy two just so I can have the contrast between bum-ass Corbin and happy Corbin. Of course. That's right. I still make horrible financial decisions to everybody. <laughs> Where are you living, Mike? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but you're getting that bum-ass Corbin figure, right? Damn straights! <laughs> All right. Up next, we hear shoosh, shoosh, please. And Alpha Academy comes out, and they'll be going up against Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin up next as we go to break. Okay, segment nine, back from break. We're backstage, actually, and we see Candice LeRae walking, um, and she gets confronted by Piper Niven, uh, who's saying that she should be the one going to WrestleMania. Mia Yim comes in, breaks it up, and then Piper says, if either of you gets in between me and the Raw Women's Championship, I will not be so forgiving. So again, more rec- uh, more uh, reclamation of uh, Piper Niven. I'm oh, all for that. Boy. Yeah. Can you <laughs> yeah. imagine? Can you imagine harsh words from Dewdrop? No. <laughs> no. 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 Not at all. All right. Okay. So uh, th- and then we see Cedric and Shelton coming out with MVP. Um, Cedric and Gable start the match, and Gable is doing his usual Matt wrestling stuff. I always love watching that. Um, eventually Shelton and Otis tag in Otis hits a front slam and a splash on Shelton, but he misses a splash in the corner. Uh, so, uh, Otis tags in Gable as Shelton tags in Cedric Alexander. Cedric hits an exploder on the outside and Gable hits, sorry, Cedric gets hit with an exploder on the outside and then Gable hits him with a diving headbutt, but Shelton breaks up that pin. Um, Gable misses a moonsault and Cedric gets his. I think like backstabber or code breaker thing for the pin and the win. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but he, it was a move that he did before as well. And and yeah, yeah, it's basically a backstabber, but it's, it's a high, it's a high drop. And 
I don't it's know. Like a, it, it looked really good. It looked like he literally just hit him right in the tailbone. It, they speed it up in the replay so that you don't see, you know, the, the bump, the the safety of it. But um, it looks really good. It yeah, it's looks, a good looking move for sure. Yeah, and yeah. and I don't think it's that dangerous. So uh, kudos to to both guys involved in that one. All right. Next up, we see a, re- a recap of Rick Boogs returning last week and beating Miz. Kathy Kelly is in the back with Miz, and she asks for his reaction on the return of Rick Boogs. He says that I'll be happy to give my reaction to Adam Pierce, as well as the bill for my $10,000 suit that my wife bought me. Boogs comes out of the office, and Miz says, hey, how'd you get an appointment with Adam Pierce before me? Boogs just says, I'm just happy to be reunited with the Boogs crew. I'm not sure if I feel that yet. Um, Miz says that I would have won if I was just to compete. You're lucky that Adam Pierce is a lazy and incompetent official. And of course, Pierce is walking out of the dressing room. If things had been different than I was just to compete, it would have been a different story. And then Pierce says, hey, if you want a rematch with Boogs, why don't you just ask? How about next week? To which Boogs gets so <laughs> excited about that he is Boogs and out. Well, and he has one of those like twist bar things and he's just going nuts on it. That was just like, yeah. The <laughs> only thing that could have saved this is if that, that straight, what is it, a flex bar or whatever it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is if that thing was a shake weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For all y'all that were on me, for liking Ezekiel so much <laughs> and him getting zeked up. We're now getting booged out. No, sorry. Boogsed out. <laughs> Heaven help me. <sighs> All right. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You got to watch the show. All right. Um, Chelsea Green pops in. She stops Pierce and says, hey, you better find me an, an, an opponent or I will call your manager. And this takes us to our next break. I loved this because I almost knew exactly who it was going to be right away. And then when we come back from the break, Chelsea makes her way to the ring. And then we hear Asuka slash Kana's music. Oh, she comes out. And the crowd erupted for this. Nuts. They went crazy. And you know what? Big pop. Chelsea Green played it well, too. She had that look on her face of like, oh, what the hell? Um, so as Asuka gets to the ring, okay, I didn't see I didn't see them come out, but Raquel, Natty, and Car- sorry, Raquel, Natty, Carmella, and Liv are all of a sudden on the outside of the ring. Yeah, they just all kind of materialize. They, they yeah. must have come in from that area by the timekeeper's table there, but it's just like... Hold on, it gets, it gets better, though. Okay, yeah, so- why are they there? So... Green attacks Asuka to get the early advantage. Uh, Chelsea gets a flatliner. And then all of a sudden, Nikki Cross crawls out from under the ring. And I'm like, what is going on here? Um, And then uh, as Asuka's down, Chelsea is trash talking everybody. Um, And Asuka recovers. She hits a bunch of strikes and a German suplex to get the advantage. And then she gets, I think it was like the octopus submission for the verbal tap and the win. Yes. I'm just looking up uh, members of the European Union right now. Uh, let's see here. No, 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 no. Okay, maybe it's not who I thought it was. 
Oh yeah, there's Ireland. Okay. Yeah, Scotland's not in this. Okay. I was just trying. I was just trying to figure out what possible connection Nikki Cross could have had to Hornswoggle, and there isn't one there. So, <laughs> why else would she be under the ring? I don't know. I yeah, that was again. It's Nikki Cross, but I was just like, what the hell? Anyways, um, all right. So after the match, out comes Bianca Belair with a mic, and she says. Uh, I want you to all take a look at each other and tell me what you see, because I see six top tier women in WWE, but who has what it takes to win the elimination chamber and go on or sorry, and go one-on-one with the EST of the WWE, because last year I was in your position. She says she knows what it's like to win uh, the elimination chamber. uh, And that's why I got this. And she holds up the belt. She wishes everyone good luck because whoever makes it out will uh, I'll be I'll be ready to see you at WrestleMania. So who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, hang on. I I I want it to be. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Raquel. You think that's going out on a limb? Okay, so yeah, actually I do cuz I honestly don't think she's going to win. The woman who they've pushed to the point where all she has to do for a pose is show her back off. It's a very nice back. She's got, I'm not denying that. She's I'm got just, lats for miles, man. Well, yes. But what I'm saying is, is that that doesn't seem like the long shot to me. No, I, okay. I think Raquel wins. I want Asuka to win. I hope it's Asuka because yeah. then at least you have a thought that, okay, this could be either person's match. Now, nothing against Raquel. We need new stars. We have a new star. She's the champion. It's not like Bianca's old new. This is, I, I made the comment on somebody's post. I think it was on our page where they were talking about how, you know, WWE just goes back to the old reliable Romans and Beckys and all these. And I was like, yeah, remember when they weren't a thing? It wasn't that long ago. No, not at all. It wasn't that long ago at all that, that all these people were just kind of there. So. Like, I don't know. It, it, the thing is, it's so weird though because, like, you know, like it's like they'll they'll want someone to get to the top, and the minute they get to the top, like a month later, they're like, okay, they're old news, and let's get the next person. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, it, it does if you're an AEW fan. Oh, I guess so. Okay, fair what, enough. What have you been here two weeks? Get out of my TV. <laughs> we need new talent now, and that's Tony Khan talking. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm. It's a joke, guys. Just. I like all wrestling. Please continue. All right. So we see Cody walking backstage as we go to break. Mm-hmm. All right. Segment 11. Adrenaline in my soul. Blah, blah, blah. Cody comes out. <laughs> all right. Speaking of people, apparently, that are tired of things. <laughs> all right. Hang on. La- okay, ready? La- no, don't do it now because you did it last <laughs> week. Let's, right. let's get to it because this was okay. This Guys, is... we, we might actually run over our usual allotted one hour to review Raw, only because this was a very important promo. And Joe, I, I, I know you're going to want to recap as much of this as possible, but I almost want to... <laughs> In case you're wondering, I'm nodding no. <laughs> no. He's shaking his head no. Like... Like a cartoon character, like, you know, you know, in the the sitcoms where you know the, the one person is is not in the room or not on the phone or whatever, and and they're like trying to mime to the person, like, don't tell them I'm here, don't tell them I'm here. That was Joe just then, just like no, 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 no. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, it's it's 
a, a promo and a segment that warrants as much coverage as possible. If it wasn't that I would be so afraid of a massive copyright violation, I would post the entire 18-minute interaction here because that's how long this segment went, and it was a masterpiece. So, Joe, give Great it to time. us the best you can here, and, uh, yeah, take us through this promo and what happened. Okay, cool. So, Cody comes out, gets on the mic. He says, last week I came out with respect to t- – sorry, I came out to talk with respect about my current WrestleMania opponent, the best in the world, Roman Reigns. From there, we get a huge Sami Zayn chant. Um, Cody continues on. He says, my path to WrestleMania is straight, but the destination is foggy because our champion is putting his titles on the line at the Elimination Chamber against the guy who has all the momentum, Sami Zayn. He says that it looks more and more that at WrestleMania, it's going to be me It's going to be me going for the championship against Sami Zayn. He wishes Sami Zayn luck, and he says, may the best man win. Next up, out comes Paul Heyman. He gets on the mic. He introduces himself. My name is Paul Heyman, the counselor, the wise man to your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. He says to, he says to Cody that what, uh, what you may find out one day in your life is that life at the very top in this industry requires an understanding that the only uh, and th- requires an understanding that the only week busier leading into a major event like Royal Rumble or WrestleMania is the week coming out of a major event. The Tribal Chief and I have had a number of things on our plate, but some things fell through the cracks. The Tribal Chief and I want to congratulate you on winning the 2023 Royal Rumble. Okay, Cody gets on. I like how he basically no souls that his entire faction is crumbling to pieces. Yes, yes. That's we've, okay. We've Don't had some small distractions. <laughs> some things have fallen through the cracks. Not to mention the fact that Roman Reigns may murder me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Cody gets on the mic and he says, I know my father and my brother had a nickname for you, but I'm going to call you Mr. Heyman because I have unparalleled respect for you. Any idea what that nickname was? No, I don't actually. Okay, I'm going to look it up while you keep going. Okay, cool. He says, if we're going to pull back the curtain, we might as well pull it back for everyone. I'm going to tell a story. The year is the year 2000. Um, The till in my family had dried up a bit. Basically, my family went broke. My dad was doing local car commercials, not for the money, just so he could keep the car. And then he got a phone call. You called him and told him ECW was in town. And if he would agree to appear on camera, you would pay him and pay him well. Cody says, you kept your word. And in addition uh, to the money that we needed, ECW gave my father his confidence back. And for that, I can never repay you. Thank you very much. And at this point, like Heyman is actually showing some real emotion here. (laughs) And this is pretty insane. It was pretty intense. Um, Cody continues on. He says, we turn the clock forward. Before I was here, I was somewhere else causing trouble. And from one disruptor to another, you showed me the way. Thank you again. And at this point, I'm thinking how much of this is a shoot. Because, man, they, they, they did peel back the layers a little bit. Oh, yeah. I was, I was watching. I was thinking, honestly, this whole thing was falling apart because they were getting very, very emotional about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... Paul kind of pauses. It looks like he's again, he's showing a lot of emotion and he says, you got me personally. I was not expecting this, but if we're going to peel it back, let's go all the way. 
He says, this isn't about me. And with all due respect, this isn't about your dad. This is about you. This is about everything you have fought for from the bottom all the way, all the way up, out the door to winning the Royal Rumble to main eventing WrestleMania. But winning WrestleMania is a whole different story. And getting there is a long road. And that's a story you need to finish. You need to find out if this is a dream come true or if you have to suffer the nightmare of just coming this close, holding his fingers, you know, an inch apart. You're not just main eventing WrestleMania. You're trying to take away from the greatest champion of all time, Roman Reigns. And that's no easy task for any mere mortal, let alone someone who has no idea what it's like to be under the spotlight. Will you wilt under the pressure because no one ever prepped you for that? He mentions that the WWE Performance Center is down the road, and that's where his father trained and prepped some of the biggest stars of this generation. Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Kevin Owens, and the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. But you know he, who he didn't train and prep? You. This was such a great turn. Yep. He says, maybe your father wanted you to make it on your own. Maybe he wanted you to step out of his shadow. Maybe he didn't want you to go through life as Dusty son, but wanted you to go through the life as Cody. WrestleMania main event, the man who stopped the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Maybe. Uh, Paul says that I can't convey in words how much I loved your father and how much your father loved you. But I'll tell you this one personally. In my last conversation with your dad, he told me you were his favorite son, but Roman was the son he always wanted. (laughs) Mic drop. Oh, my God. And that's where you think it ends. But then it gets just a little better. So Cody gets into Paul's face holds out his hand and shakes Paul's hand and Cody gets on the mic. He says, I'm just trying to win a wrestling championship and everybody wants to make it personal. And that's what you just did. You're not going to pay for it. Your boy Roman Reigns is going to pay for it. When I take those titles personally and we go to break. And that right there, friends was 18 minutes and four seconds of magic. From the time the first doon-doon of Cody Rhodes' music hit to the very end of it, I was completely enthralled with this. And the funny thing is, I was watching a little bit behind because I was having some internet lag issues. And I saw you commenting like, what a promo, what a promo. And I saw people saying that after last week's promo. And I thought, well, last week's was good, but I don't think it was what a promo. So I was almost a little skeptical going into this one. And then by the end of that thing, I was like, just, just take all my money here it is give me give me more of that give me that every week and give me some good matches and i'm happy yeah that was it that was that was on fire dude <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so and so so real in some spots like i, I don't know if they were legitimately trying to ambush each other with emotions or not but you could tell they had their points they had their sticking points but i i think some of that like you said joe i think a lot of that was kind of dropped in on a whim and yep. wow was it good and there if it go. wasn't, then even better. Even better done by both guys if it wasn't. Right. But uh yeah, though no, that was a, that was a sick promo. Like again, it that was an 18-minute promo. Go watch it. That was, <laughs> that's all I gotta say. I'm wondering if WWE is gonna post the whole thing on YouTube. If they don't, they're dumb because that should be everywhere. Yeah, that, that was amazing. Yep. That's like when when Punk came out and uh had his first face off against MJF and AEW posted the whole thing on YouTube right away because they knew that everybody else would. So why not just do it yourself? Yep. Beat everyone to the punch. All right. So that was break segment 12 back from break. Uh, we, we see Montez Ford and Elias in the ring. 
Uh, Austin Theory joins uh, the announced uh, the, the announced team. Um, both guys trade offense back and forth early, but Elias gets the advantage after dropping Ford onto the top rope, and he gets pretty aggressive at this point. Uh, outside the ring, Elias suplexes Ford on the steel steps as we go to break. Segment 13, back from break, Elias gets a powerbomb for two. Uh, Ford gets the advantage after a flying crossbody, but the end of the match sees Ford getting a huge dive on the outside, and then back in the ring, he hits his frog splash from the heavens for the pin and the win. Now, what do you think of one street profit in there and not the other? Uh, Man, I... I kind of feel bad because I like Dawkins and I think that would be an intriguing story to have both the street profits in going for the United States championship. Yeah. Just thought I'd ask. So, um, all right. So after the match, Austin theory is uh, posing on the table and all of a sudden out comes Seth Rollins. He knocks Austin off the table. Then he hits a stomp on theory. Um, and, uh, then with that, that scene's done and we see damage control backstage with Dakota on crutches and EO sky. And up next, we have Becky versus Bailey in a steel cage as we go to break. And it looks like we have enough time in the show for a steel cage match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it> was, <laughs> thank goodness. I, I, I'm sure there were enough wrestling fans kind of looking at the clock going, okay, they're going to have a match, right? They're going to have a match, right? <laughs> like there's 20 minutes left. We're going to have a match. Well, so. and I remember seeing in our social feed, somebody thought that maybe they'd ran through all the commercial breaks so we could go commercial free on this match, which they did not. Nope. All right. Segment 14. Um, okay, this is a short segment. They basically, uh, uh, sorry, they announce what's going to happen next week. You've got the Lashley Lesnar contract signing. You have a Raw versus SmackDown six women tag team match with Nikki Carmella and Asuka versus Raquel, Natty, and Liv. And we have Miz TV with Seth Rollins. We see both women coming to the ring and we go to break. <laughs> now, what does that tell you about WWE's? roster depth with their women because that tells me two things a they still have really good talents but b they still need three from each show to make this match happen for the raw championship opportunity that doesn't make sense to me that's like a dog meowing if you don't want to be on the show you just have to challenge for the other show's title is that how it works now i guess and and win it i guess because that would be the only way you get over there (laughs) anyway continue all right, so segment 15, uh, Becky versus Bailey, steel cage match. Um, bell rings, they're both in the ring, and we finally have the start of this match. Bailey tries to climb out really quickly, but Becky stops her. Uh, Bailey gets the early advantage, throwing Becky into the cage, and she goes for a quick pin attempt, but Becky returns the favor, throwing Bailey into the cage and drives her face into the cage. Becky tries to climb the cage, but Bailey stops her, and they battle on the top rope. Um, and Bailey ends up getting the top rope elbow for a two count as we go to break. Ladies and gentlemen, we have hit segment 16. Mask in its glory, ladies and gentlemen, the final segment of Monday Night Raw. Okay, so back from break, both women are down, um, and they show a recap of Bailey throwing Becky into the turnbuckles during the break. Becky hits a leg drop on Bailey, who is hung up in the ropes for a two count. Um, at one point, Bailey reverses a manhandle slam into a belly to back. Okay, they they work a really neat spot with Bailey trying to get a knee bar submission, but Becky escaping, rolling out of it, breaking the hold. But I I thought that was a really cool, impressive spot there. 
Um, These Bailey two got, were bringing all sorts of stuff out. It was great. Big time. That knee, that, like that knee bar, I was shocked when she went for it, and it looked really good. And again, I like I liked the story they told with Becky trying to get out of that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey actually hits a, a Bailey to belly off the top rope, but Becky kicks out. Uh, at one point, they're battling at the top of the cage, and Lynch actually gets a disarmor on the top. Uh, and that knocking Bailey off off the top of the cage down onto the onto the ring. Now this is where it gets a little crazy. EO starts to climb the cage and stops Becky, uh, knocking her off the, the top of the cage. What I liked um, about this a couple things because it matched the rest of the match. Matched the rest of the match anyway. <laughs> when EO was on top of the cage with Becky stopping her, she actually slammed Becky's face into the truss. These yep. women, everyone involved in this match used the cage very well it was used often and it was used believably we didn't get a lot of the whole raking your face across the cage or or even the the cheesy run and jump into the cage and then bouncing off whenever they were throwing each other into the cage it was like they were holding on to them to make sure they could get maximum force into it or make it look that way anyways and i thought just everything that they were doing in the cage looked solid and looked believable so yeah, i just the, wanted to add that in there yeah there were actually a couple of spots that um like where becky would hit like a sliding drop kick to bailey and then bailey would hit the cage like that looked really good too <laughs> right? mm-hmm. so um so anyways yeah eo climbs the cage uh knocks becky down dakota hands a uh crutch to bailey through the cage but then suddenly we hear lita's music and out comes lita and she she climbed the up. hell i know <laughs> i i i got nothing to tell you so she she uh she uh climbs up the cage she throws eo off the cage and then gives uh, eo a twist of fate on the floor okay hold on she started climbing up the cage with eo but couldn't climb up the cage so instead she goes down to the floor and grabs eo by the waist of her pants and eo takes this disgusting dare I say gross back bump from the cage to the floor. And I swear she struck her head down. And if she didn't get a concussion out of that, I would be amazed. And she was still able to move and keep going. But I was like, holy shnikes. That was something unbelievable. It's not just that. Then she got like the twist of fate. So hopefully she's not concussed <laughs> and took a twist of fate because that'd be really bad. Well, we sauce um, your brain to one side. Let's just sauce it back to the other with the twist of fate and it'll be fine. Oh, God. All right. Holy. So, so at this point, uh, Bailey is uh, trying to get out the door, like trying to climb out of the cage door. But Lita, who just happens to be by the door, slams the door on Bailey. Uh, Becky gets the manhandle slam on Bailey and she gets the pin and the win. And there it is, folks. That is Monday Night Raw after a little bit of uh, celebration from Lita and Becky in the ring together. Why is Lita there still? But nevertheless, we have gotten through once again, thanks to the precision timing of Joe Aguinaldo, your entire WWE Monday Night Raw in less than one hour. Joe, nicely done, my man, because there was a lot in that one. And... You know, overall, I think solid show. I actually enjoyed this Raw a lot. Me too. Big time. There's lots happening, lots going on. Nothing felt like a drag too long. Maybe maybe the thing, because I know the, the Smack Daddies, they like to, you know, cut and, and feature matches and everything. Maybe the Elias match could have 
gone, you know, like if you were to, to truncate the show somehow. But even then, Montez Ford is just such a spectacle to watch, too. And I like Elias, so no, I, I take that back. But no, I, I like that match. <laughs> yeah, I know. So do I. I so I'm just saying. I'm I'm just trying to think of anything you know that might have anything that might have dragged a bit. No, actually, it didn't really. No, because like, here's the thing: it was in between the intense Cody promo yeah. and the main event, so you needed that sort of you needed that buffer, and that was a good buffer. It was like you know, it was like you got to see some really cool moves. You got to see Elias be aggressive and, you know, Ford won. That's that. I have no problem with that match. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was just me coming off the promo then. I don't know. But uh, yeah, overall great raw, great job there, my man. And let's uh, (laughs) kind of open up this email again. I was laughing with Joe because uh, on the broadcast edition, which isn't uploaded anywhere. It was just on TSN radio. Um, I went through our list of all our new podcasts and I made Excalibur promoting next week's uh, Rampage and Dynamite sound calm and relaxed. <laughs> because we're giving you a ton for your buck a week, my friends. And uh, just to give you an idea here, there it is. New shows that have been added to the SNME Radio Podcast Network. Are you ready, Joe? Let's go. Okay. We start off with uh, what you may have noticed uploaded last night. And that is a BAM Weekly, and that is uh, Boris and Matt taking you through sports, entertainment, and wrestling, uh, taking you through all the uh, different sort of things, so to speak. Uh, Then, on uh, the same day, (laughs) which was yesterday, uh, Boris is back with his It's Canon podcast. And this is where they talk about comics and all these uh, nerdy fun things. Phil, Tyler, and Boris take you through that. Actually, I think I think this week they did D and D, so I'm actually kind of excited about that. Did I tell you about when I went to learn to play D and D when I was on my uh, on my sabbatical? No, you never told me this. Yeah, I'll have to, we'll save it for next week. Next week, all right. I went to as a grown ass man a learn to play D and D thing. It was more awkward than it sounds. Me talking about it now. All right. <laughs> Then, of course, on Tuesdays, you get us chuckleheads giving you the Raw Review Tuesday morning cooked, followed by, and I don't know, I, I don't know Steve at all, and so this isn't a shot, Steve, but I think we got to rename your shows here, because sweet Steve Swift's rambling AEW Dark Review. I like the fact there's an AEW Dark Review. I'm not a big fan of the rambling, especially since there's two other shows on the network that also have the rambling in them, and one of them's yours. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but he will take you through uh, AEW Dark, which is very cool because you know what? After being at AEW Dark and Dark Elevation for the two tapings in Toronto, there's a lot of great wrestlers out there that people don't get to see unless you watch these shows. A lot of great independent talents come in. When it was here in Canada, people from across the country were there. It was awesome. Then, on Wednesday uh, afternoon or so, you will get NXT Talk followed by... Steve Swift's rambling AEW Dark Elevation review. He's watching a ton of Dark and Dark Elevation. So good on you, Steve. Good on you. And plus, I don't think you probably ramble. I think you're probably quite uh, quite relevant. <gasps> there you go. Relevant review of Dark <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to help out with alliteration here. Then, Mr. Aguinaldo, you're back on Thursday nights with All Elite Weekly. It is Joe Aguinaldo and Dan, the mouth Levransky, taking you through... All AEW Dynamite. What was that? That was what? 
Did you hear a spooky ghost? No. Maybe it's just me. All right. <laughs> Wait, <what>? I, <laughs> I thought it was from your end. Maybe it's mine, though. There's there's dogs and stuff in this house. I don't know. Yeah, don't do that, because like my uh, my parents are like insanely superstitious. So like, <laughs> well, Joe's parents, thank you for listening to the show this week. And if you need a paranormal investigator or eliminator, I am a certified Ghostbuster, which is not a real thing. <laughs> On Thursday night, you get Steven's wrestling journey. This is a story about a young man I've run into before. Uh, he's a big wrestling fan. He's got more expensive figures than I do. Uh, and uh, he's also had some pretty uh, fun things to talk about and say as, as a wrestling fan and as a kid. So why not? Why not have the kids be just as cutthroat and miserable about wrestling as the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, everybody. It's a joke. All right. The Mouth returns on Friday nights with Dr. Mouth's rock and roll lunch party. And that is where he did it again last week. He sampled some of the old Spider-Man cartoon in there. And I don't know how it is because every time I listen to that show, it's usually when I'm asleep. So I have like the most wicked dreams. (laughs) But then there's like clips from the old Spider-Man cartoons in there. So I got to ask him what that was. But it is a fun listen to in the day. Uh, Followed by the Godfathers of Podcasting with listener discretion advised. I'm going to let you discover that one for yourself. Donnie DeSilva and Chris Tidwell. And then uh, we have Setting the Standard, which happens every couple of weeks. uh, With Uncle Bobby B and the Standard Matthew Grant. Where they talk about uh, the career of Matthew Grant. Wow. All right. It's uh, basically every two weeks gives an update of what's going on in his world, everything. Kind of like what we do here. Only we don't make a whole show of it. We just eat a large portion of the real estate at the beginning of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Once a month, AEWTF happens, which looks back in the entire month of AEW. Could you imagine if we did that for Raw? Oof. So good for them. They talk about that and they uh, have a. I do. I do. I do have the notes if we ever want to do that. So if you want to do that, you got to find a new partner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, The Smack Daddies come on Friday nights or Saturday, depending on uh, when they get the show done and posted. But that is your Smackdown review, followed by Boris with the Rampage Ramble. Again, so many rambles rambling around. We're rambling men. And then on Saturday, February the 11th, Looking Back on It is what the name of this show is. And this is reviews from the 90s to early 2000s, a lot of music uh, hosted by Eric Reed. And uh, yeah, there's some interesting retro tunes there for you. This I find interesting as well. The MLW Rewind is a weekly podcast and it discusses everything Major League Wrestling with George McKay and Uncle Bobby B, and they'll take you through all that. And uh, then, of course, on uh, Sunday, there's this little show called Sunday Night's Main Event, which allegedly is the mothership of this thing. It's hosted by some twat that lives in the prairies. (laughs) And... (laughs) And it's a good time. I think it's a good time. I work my butt off on the thing. If I told you how many hours went into producing that one-hour show every week, you would be flabbergasted. Yes, the uh, the, the melts are at it alone. <laughs> we don't talk about that here. We 
don't talk about it in public. <laughs> I'm not deleting this part either. So, all right. He can be mad at me. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. You know, uh, so that is all that that you can get. Damn, that's a lot for about a buck a week at patreon.com slash SNME radio. And if you're still here listening to this, thank you very much. Because that means my twat joke landed. (laughs) Are we done, Joe? I think we are done. Okay, uh, quick programming notes. I'm going to do my best to be here next Monday. But... Again, I'm moving between provinces, so you never know what's going to happen. I should be coming to you from my uh, lovely friend's condo, though, in Edmonton, where I will be setting up shop. So that'll be good. Hopefully she gives me the Wi-Fi password, and uh, we're good to go. Right on. All right. For Joe Aguinaldo, I'm Mike McGuire saying thank you for listening and letting us do what we do, as promised. Look at this. I remembered. Talking about cool bass effects. Leaving us today is Def Leppard and work it out. Till next time, play safe, drive safe. Ah, be saying yeah.
Taking us all this time 